0: Resurrection, Passover service. Praise God. I feel the power of God in my spirit today. I feel happy today. The strength of the Lord. And I believe that God's going to touch you today with His grace, His anointing, His power. And you're going to do the things that God has called you to do. You are going to fully develop into the person that God has destined in His Word for you to be. And I believe that when your time on earth is complete, you will have checked off everything that you were preordained to do before you were even born. Praise God. You're going to get it done. Why don't you say that? Say, I'm going to get it done by God's grace. Amen. And that grace today is abundant. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. So let's look at a verse you probably know by heart. This is John chapter 3, verse 16. You know, we should look at examples of benevolent givers to inspire us. And I don't think we can find a verse that could give a greater demonstration in the world than the universe that would outdo the heart of giving as shown in this verse, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world. See, I told you, you know it by memory, don't you? For God so loved the world that he gave. See, there's, there's the nature of God demonstrated to mankind. Remember, this is God giving His Son, God giving to those that don't even love Him. This is God giving a gift to the world that cannot understand or even appreciate the gift. But yet, because of His love, it's impossible to love someone and not give to them if you love them giving will just work its way from your heart through your hand into their lives and God loved the world so much God the Father loved the world so much he in other words loved you and I we have to make it personal because this is a personal sacrifice that God made when it comes down to it really he did it for you and me praise God those before us those after us those here now for God so loved the world that he gave what did he give an angel no did he give uh, maybe something in heaven that would be a good gift but you know they could get by without it no watch watch the nature of God's quality of giving for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, his one and only son. He didn't have a backup. <laughs> there's not a younger brother. There's, there's not four members of the deity of the Godhead. There's only three. Those only one son who has been with the father forever, even before time was created. Praise the Lord. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I believe that we are challenged by the Lord to emulate him and to even join with him in the same nature of giving. First of all, the more you get like God, the more giving, the more generous you become, the closer to God you get the freer you get in opening your heart to be a blessing. And remember, it's very important to be blessed because God told Abraham, I'll bless you so you can be a blessing. So we need to be blessed so that we are empowered on a larger platform to be a blessing. But you could, you could have wealth but not have a generous heart. But you get close to the Lord your heart becomes soft. You become like God, and you just want to give. You'll, even give. you'll even give to enemies. You'll send the gospel into places where maybe it's mocked or spurned or made fun of or blocked or hindered, and they say, we don't want that here. But you love them. You're even willing to spend your money to see the gospel sown as seed into the hearts of billions of people that don't even know Christ. You know, there's people on this planet right now. They've never even heard the name Jesus before. What are we going to do? Are are we just going to say, well, we're happy that we're going to heaven. Who cares if they go to hell, at least we're going to make it. Well, we have a responsibility. We have a commission, but, but we have love that says, let's do all that we can to reach as many as we can hallelujah, because many will respond and they will receive God's one and only son as their Lord and Savior. Now, of course, because God gave his son, God now has a family. Jesus was a seed sown into the earth like a kernel of corn and up comes the harvest. And now you have a whole harvest of corn. Now God has sons and daughters all over the world, saints in heaven redeemed, and so many more, of course, to join. in the, in the process of God's full salvation plan, glory to God, but let's have a heart like God. Let's give, and let's also be cognizant of our giving from the perspective that we really do endeavor to give our best. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you're going to give God a hundred dollar bill, Give Him the best one in your wallet or in your purse. If you're going to give God a $20 bill, don't give Him the one that's all tore up that you don't want, that maybe the bank won't accept, that maybe the, you know, you go to buy food somewhere, they, they won't take it because it's got a dog-eared tear on it or something like that. I'll just give that one to the minister. I'll give that one to God. No, give God the best. Give God the best. In the Old Testament sacrificial system, you could not bring an offering to the Lord from your livestock that had any kind of defect in it it would be rejected by god the priest wouldn't accept it my friends i believe we look at this nature of god we sometimes we hear the saying and it is true it's true but we can hear it and almost become desensitized to it which is the truth the statement you can't beat god giving in other words you can't outgive god because i mean nobody gives like god does but i believe we need to move into that i believe we need to give like god does i need to believe i believe that we need to give with open hearts and i believe that when we give we need to have a good heart a good attitude the right motive we're giving in love we're motivated by love our love for god our love for the gospel going forth to the nations of the world praise god hallelujah and we we just need to give also our best. Woo, hallelujah! Mm. I believe the best is reserved for God. Praise the Lord. You know, sometimes uh, parents they'll come up to a to a man of God, a woman of God, and they'll say, "You know what? My child is really slow of mind." struggled through school, can't get accepted in the college or anything like that. So there's nothing they can do. uh, Is it possible they could go into the ministry? Would you accept them in the ministry? Well, the ministry is open to whoever God calls into the ministry or whoever would like to receive training and equipping. uh, Because even if there's not a calling to the ministry, you can still serve in the helps ministries. But, you know, um, what about the smart ones? Oh, Pastor Stephen, God, God shouldn't have them. We should send them off to the government or, or, or we should send them off to the corporations or we should send them here and there. But, uh, God shouldn't have them. No, no. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe God wants the best. He'll take anything. If it's surrendered and yielded to God. And by the way, if it is the best, it needs to be yielded. Praise the Lord. Everything needs to come to the cross. God will not accept pride and arrogance. <laughs> Glory to God. Mm. And God, God would rather have a an illiterate plumber than a a Ph.D. in astrophysicist who's arrogant and lifted up in pride. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. God looks upon the heart. God doesn't look on the exterior. God looks upon the heart but our gifts unto the Lord. God knows when we're giving our best, and He knows when we're just messing around. And Jesus knew when that lady gave the two mites that she had emptied the tank. That's all she had. I think there's something about our human nature. We love self-preservation. We're going to take care of ourselves. We're going to look out for number one, but I think, I think when you get close to the Lord, I know the Lord has concern for your well-being. I know the Bible teaches about a storehouse. I know the, the Bible teaches about savings and investing. Hallelujah. But sometimes for westernized Christianity, a lot of times these things become, in a sense, almost like a God where people put their trust in it. And if the Lord told them to drain it and empty it, they wouldn't do it. Oh, Pastor Stephen, God wouldn't tell me to do that. Praise the Lord. Praise. Very, very, very interesting. If he did, would you? Hmm. You know how you break that? Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't think I could. At least you can be honest. If you couldn't do it, you could at least be honest. Pastor Stephen, if God told me to drain my savings account, I don't know if I could do it. Let me tell you how you break that. That's a love of money. It's a trust of money. A lot of Christians they're, they're, they are they have it. They don't think they do, but they do. Pastor Stephen, how how could I break such a thing? Give, just just give until you break that. Hallelujah, well, Pastor Stephen. That's my security. That's my savings. Praise God. <laughs> I'm not saying you shouldn't have a savings or, or things like that. that, there's a biblical principle for that. But if your trust is ever in money, you're actually in a dangerous place. And actually the truth be told, you're holding yourself back even financially. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, get free, get free from anything that would try to keep you from being like God. Pastor Stephen, that sounds like dangerous living. It's the most stable place you could ever be. And it's the happiest place you'll ever be in your life. I'm talking about a scale of happiness and joy that's beyond anything that anybody can understand who does not have a very, very strong walk with God. You could have billions in the bank. And not have the level of joy and happiness that a person does whose trust is fully in the Lord. God gave Jesus his only Son, gave his best, and knew what they were going to do to him also. But he knew that if he gives his one as a seed, also because of love for you and I, there would be a harvest and we could have a way of getting back to God because we were separated from our awful sins. Praise God. Aren't you glad that God gave his son that he was willing to do that? And now on Resurrection Sunday, all over the world, Christians celebrate Christ, our risen Lord. And it all happened because God the Father said, I'm willing to give my very best. Praise the Lord. Perhaps the Holy Spirit's moving on your heart today to do something that would be an evident Symbol of your best. Pastor Stephen, I've got a lot of comfort in that. That brings me a lot of security. That's between you and the Lord as to where your true security is at. Hallelujah. But if you give when the Holy Spirit leads you to give, you're the, you'll be the most financial stable person on your block, on your whole street. Praise God. God will never let you go under. God will never let you hunger. God will never let you do without you'll always be blessed you'll always have an overflow praise god glory to god i'm trying to dismantle a little bit of some of the strongholds in western christianity you want to see the the new testament gospel from a global perspective from god's eye perspective that's why it's good to travel and i've traveled with my wife and i we've been all over the world been been completely around the planet been been all over this big beautiful world and you see the strengths in the church globally. You, you also see areas that could be developed more. Praise God. Hallelujah. One of the weaknesses of the Western church is to trust in money and act like you're actually not doing it. <laughs> Freedom today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is not me trying to talk you out, out of something. I'm just talking, I'm trying to talk you into being like the father. Praise God, where you would actually give your best. Praise God. This is what I believe that what we put in to our Christian experience is exactly what we get out of it. And if we give God our best, He knows it. He knows it. He'll give us His best. But if we hold back and we reserve the best for us, God sees that and He'll hold back His best. He will. But if we open our hearts fully, then he'll open his heart and his hands to us. Praise God. Father, as the tithes and offerings and the offerings as well are received into your house today for the preaching of the gospel to all the earth, we thank you, Father, bless your people that they be like you in their giving, giving out of love and also cognizant that they are giving their best. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you in Jesus' name that you supply us with never-ending supply. We thank you, Father God, that in your economy, there's no end of supply. We thank you. We tie in into your eternal, heavenly, divine supply. Thank you. We incorporate your, your, your style into our actions and we grasp with you in union your behavior and your conduct expressed through us thank you father we thank you that you see you reward and you honor and you lift up in Jesus name and around the world today we all say amen if you want to mail in your tithes and offerings please send them to Stephen Brooks International P.O. Box 3456. Again, that's P.O. Box 3456. Our city is Mooresville, M-O-O-R-E-S-V-I-L-L-E. We're in North Carolina. Our zip code is 28117. If you want to bring the tides and offerings in safe and secure online, you can do that. It's available 24-7, 365 days a year. Please go to the ministry website. There's a link on the homepage, stephenbrooks.org. You can click on the, on the link that says tithes and offerings. It will come directly into the ministry storehouse. That way the word of God is fulfilled. There will be meat in the house of God, food provision. We might continue to do this great work of fulfilling the great commission. I can't do it by myself. I need your help. We are privileged to be a part of this great end time move of God's spirit. Let's flow with God hallelujah we're going to cross over one day and because we're living like this for the lord there's going to be a lot of shouting and praising hallelujah let's give god our best all out we don't get a second take there is no reincarnation it's once and done hallelujah let's leave nothing on the table let's give god our very best so father bless your people bless your people in jesus great name amen hallelujah and I I see God touching your finances I see God responding to your actions I see God responding to your your actions based upon John 316 praise God amen let's jump into uh, today's resurrection message this will be found in Romans chapter 5 praise the Lord hallelujah Romans 5 we're going to pick it up today in the classic verse, verse 17. And let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word that it is alive. It's alive with power. Father, today we ask that you would feed us, that we would feast on your word and receive nourishment and strength from the anointing that's contained within your living word. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for the ministry of your spirit being dynamic in its working in our life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Romans 5, and of course, the book of Romans written by the Apostle Paul is, is the greatest teaching in the New Testament. It's the greatest teaching book in the entire Bible. See, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, you see the ministry of Jesus, an overview of his life. You see the end of his physical life you see him resurrected and in some ways you're wondering what was it all about a man dying on a cross hanging on a cross well thousands of people were crucified by the by the roman judicial system as punishment for their crimes so how does this one man jesus hanging on a cross two thousand years ago uh how does this affect me today ah that's why you need these teachings of the Apostle Paul and the epistles that you get into afterwards, the letters that he wrote to the churches, inspired by the Holy Spirit to explain to you really what Jesus accomplished for you at Calvary through his death, death burial, resurrection, ascension, how it applies to your life and what your inheritance is in this new covenant, which is better than the old covenant that the Jewish people had. glory to God. Let's talk about it. One verse, just one verse alone uh, in in discussing the New Covenant benefits uh, is, is a whopper. Let's dive into it. Verse 17, for if by the one man's offense, who is that one man? That was Adam. What was his offense? Original sin. There in the Garden of Eden, the partaking of the forbidden fruit, you know, taking that bite. And when he did that, it released sin into the human family, into the human race. And it just goes through every single person. And everybody has sinned except for Jesus. And Jesus was born of a virgin. So Jesus's father was the heavenly father and the seed coming through the Holy Spirit into the virgin's womb. Praise God to exempt that child Jesus from the sin that had just tainted all of humanity. Praise God for if by the one man's offense. So the one man being Adam, his offense being you know, the general blunder of sin there in the Garden of Eden. For if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one, well, the death reigning through Adam is spiritual death. This is not technically physical death because Adam did not die immediately. He lived to be 930 years old. I mean, can you imagine if you lived to be 930 years old? You you would have been alive back in the twelve hundreds. you could have lived through the Middle Ages. You could have lived through the Renaissance. You could have you could have seen all kinds of stuff. Wow! And uh, so this was not physical death. This is spiritual death. Now spiritual death produced natural death. There was there was no dying until sin came into the earth. So physical death which is an enemy of mankind because the Bible tells you that eventually death is going to be thrown into the lake of fire and Satan will be thrown into the lake of fire. And so all this yucky stuff is getting out of here one day. But we see here clearly that this is referring to sin producing spiritual death, spiritual death. What is that? It's basically sin killing you making you dead spiritually which produces separation from God now you're separated from God and at this point there was no way back no way back now there was a temporary covering that was made through the blood of an innocent sweet animal now you've got animals having to die to cover the sins of of humans but that's that's just a temporary covering and it's really it was that that's what the whole word atonement means it means let's let's cover it over it but when Jesus shed his blood he did not cover over our sins now there is an aspect of covering over where he can in many ways hide your past pastor Stephen do you have skeletons in your closet hey everybody's got skeletons in their closet. The only difference with the believer is that my skeleton and your skeleton has got the blood of Jesus all over it. Hallelujah. But technically, Jesus does not cover your sins. He washes them totally away. Their way, they're, they're gone. Glory to God. And they can never be found. Not in the eyes of God. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So if by the one man's offense Adam sinned, death reigned through the one, in other words, spiritual death introduced now into the human family, much more those who receive abundance of grace. You know, here's the thing. Anytime the devil has messed something up, anytime there's there's a problem, anytime you turn to God. God always is able to do something so much better, so much more uh, beautiful. We need to always look to the Lord. If you're in a mess, look to the Lord. You will find abundance of grace, and he's able to pour it out much more. Well, Pastor Stephen, I tell you what, it sounds like Adam really messed it up. Uh, It sounds like he messed it up so bad that it cannot even be redeemed. Oh, God's got a plan, and God cannot only redeem it. God can do much more. He can even add on. Mm. It, re- it really is amazing. The, the, the nature of God, the goodness of God, the kindness of God, much more those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness. Okay. So there's abundance of grace. We're saved by grace. Grace in essence is salvation through what Christ did at Calvary us putting our faith in his finished work at the cross and saying, God, we could never do it. We could never pay the price you did. So by your grace, we accept your salvation. So it's not of our works because if it were our works, we have a nature of boasting. That's just human nature. You want credit for it, you know, so it's all by grace because there's nothing we could do to fix it. So God pours on this abundant grace. we receive that and of the gift of righteousness the gift of righteousness gives you right standing that's what the word righteousness basically means in the greek right standing you're in a right position now with god where this is what's amazing that the blood of jesus has the power not only to wash your sins away but get this to even cleanse your conscience well what does that mean pastor Stephen? it means you have a an attitude of righteousness you don't feel dirty you don't feel guilty yes you sinned you repented you told the lord you're sorry and and, you know you you just got it under the blood so to speak and now you're forgiven the sins washed away but god also touches your conscience and you're not you're not uh you're not like a sinner mentality Oh, you may still sin but you are a righteousness mentality wow why because because you're now the righteousness of God in Christ. And let let me just say this right now to help you relax. You can't get any more righteous than what you are right now. If you're already in Christ, you can't get any more accepted than what you are right now. Well, pastor Stephen, I thought maybe I can do some of this Eastern mysticism stuff and I could, I could crawl on my knuckles to Jerusalem. That way I'm more acceptable to God. It doesn't work like that. Your righteousness is in Christ Jesus cannot be any more acceptable to God the father than what he is right now and in the same way because you're in him the father sees you and sees you just as accepted as he is you're just as righteous in God's eyes as Jesus is Woo! that's that's the gospel truth hallelujah now of course if you're out there as a Christian and you're practicing some kind of sin you need to get the ink off your face you need to stop it, and you need to repent, Pastor Stephen. I'm saved, but I, I sure like I like to cuss. I, sometimes I let some nasty words fly. You need to cut that out. Praise God if you're if you're practicing sin. And when you read through the epistles of First, Second, and Third John, when John the Beloved is talking about those who commit sin, he's he in the Greek is talking about those who practice sin. Those who practice sin do not know God. But really, any Christian does not want to practice sin. If you're a Christian, you're practicing sin, you really need to have a talk with the Lord about what's going on, and you need to put the kibosh on that stuff and say, I'm shutting it off. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Mm -mm -mm. Righteousness. Righteousness. Right standing. And of course, if you are struggling with something, you need that righteousness to pull up out of it, because if the devil keeps condemning you and condemning you, you'll just think, "Why, why try so repent get right with the Lord and that righteousness you'll sense it It, he'll give it with such abundance and grace and also take it by faith hallelujah because it's yours that is your position in Christ and just rise up and say God I determined to walk with you and live for you with all of my heart hallelujah now watch this watch this for if by the one man's offense death reigned through the one much more, those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Wow. Well, death used to reign. Spiritual death used to reign over us before we came to Christ. What did that mean? It meant we were sinners. What do sinners do? They sin. That's that's what they do. Some do it a lot more than others, but inside of a sinner inside of the unregenerate of the unsaved their spiritual death, their spiritual death. Oh, they might write nice poetry. They might do humanitarian deeds. They might, they might uh, do good works, but they're still spiritually dead. And for the most part, when you're spiritually dead, what comes out is, uh, is expressed through a sin nature. And so spiritual death Used to reign over us until we received Christ. What did that mean? It means that if it reigned over us, it's like the, the word reign implies kingship. It's like sin, spiritual death, used to be the king over us, Lord over us, bossed us around, controlled us, dominated. Why? It was the king. But it's not the king anymore when you come to Christ Jesus. Those who receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign. Now, the word reign, R E I G N, implies again that of kingship, of authority, of lordship, really, of dominion, of you being now the one who's in control. Hallelujah. Will reign. See, you are supposed to reign in life through the one Jesus Christ hallelujah now if you read this in the weymouth translation it actually says that you will reign as kings in life Woo! pastor Stephen, i i have to be honest this this is the kind of stuff that sounds too good to be true i told you it was a better covenant that that's what the new covenant writer said this is a better covenant this is this is wild really and this is Easter Sunday. This is Passover Sunday. This is Resurrection Sunday. you want to talk about resurrection life? This is it. This is the empowerment for you as a believer to reign as a king in life through Christ Jesus. Mm, this is a lot to chew on. Pastor Stephen, if this is true, then why why is there so little reigning among the believers? Why is it that so many believers are whipped and defeated and just crushed by life's difficulties and problems? Why? Why? Well, one of the reasons why is because this is not taught. Another reason why would be because as believers, we don't act upon it maybe even if we hear it taught we just don't meditate on it we don't get that revelation that the kingly nature of Christ is in us we are kings and we're supposed to rule and reign in life and so without that understanding we actually go through life not as a king but we go through life subjugated and defeated by all kinds of problems and all kinds of of the world circumstances and we don't we don't know that really we're supposed to be having dominion over what is our area or sphere or our area that we're supposed to reign over. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Now, it says you will reign as a king in life, as a king in life. This is what a lot of people think. Well, even if they read this, this is what they think. Yes. Yes. Pastor Stephen, one day. See, see, already, can you tell how they're putting it off in the future? One day, Pastor Stephen, when Jesus comes back and his feet touch down on the Mount of Olives, he's going to sit up the millennial reign, the 1,000 year reign. And we're going to come back and we're going to rule and we're going to reign with him. And we're going to have chicken and mashed potatoes with gravy. And we're going to have a big feast and we're going to rule the whole planet with Jesus. Well, there is the millennial reign of Christ. There will be Jesus sitting on a literal throne in Jerusalem, reigning over Israel, reigning over the whole world. The twelve apostles reigning over the twelve tribes, and those who have earned their stripes, shall we say, will be given designated areas of the earth, even nations, to rule over. It's going to be. A, it's going to be very, very exciting. Known in the scriptures as the millennial reign of Christ, Isaiah eleven, etc., so forth. But my friends, this is not talking about that. This is not talking about that. Well, Pastor Stephen, I know what it's talking about. yeah I know what he's talking about. This is talking about one day when we go to be with Jesus. And we cross over the spiritual Jordan in the sweet by and by, and then we shall have cherry pie in the sky with a double serving of ice cream. We're gonna be with Jesus forever, ruling and reigning, playing harps, and oh, it's gonna be nice. Glory! I believe that's that's an element of that. That's true. After all, all of these galaxies and solar systems and. Star systems, you know, they're setting up a new telescope in about two or three years that will have at least five times the telescopic power of the Hubble. You know what they're going to see? They're going to see further and they're going to find out hmm, looks like it still just keeps on going. Aha, uh-huh, aha. Uh-huh. What about all this stuff out there? What about all of these things that are out there, ruling and reigning, ruling and reigning? Some of you, I know you're a little cooped up. You'd be happy just to have your own backyard. Maybe you could have a chicken. Feed your chicken in your backyard. You'd be happy just to have room for a chicken. You're a little cooped up. You don't have enough room. What are you going to do when God gives you a whole planet? Yes, Pastor Stephen, one day. One day. Okay. One day it is going to be phenomenal. But here's the thing. This is not talking about one day. This is talking about when. When. You will reign as a king in life, in life, in life, where in life. And that's what the church has done. Put it off to the future. Can't be true. Pastor Stephen. too good to be true. And because they put it off, they don't engage it. And they stay defeated in so many areas of their life. Not knowing their true inheritance, not knowing of the true anointing of kingship that is now on the inside of them as a child of God and because of that they don't rule and reign. Hallelujah. Praise God. You know one of the first things that you are anointed to do as a king in Christ is to rule and reign over sin. The very next chapter is chapter 6 of Romans and it tells you very clearly in verse 18 and onward that sin shall no longer have dominion over you wow oh, well pastor stephen you don't understand when them temptations come on me i know i don't mean to give in. but pastor stephen you know we just all flesh and blood a man can't help himself that's a person that doesn't know what happened at the cross that's a person that does not know that when you receive christ you really did pass from spiritual death And the spiritual life and that the old life cannot hijack you praise God Oh, I'm not saying that you're never going to sin but I am saying that sin doesn't have dominion over you and if you will resist the devil and you will walk in the principles of God's word of prayer time in the word engage the spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting and giving and you have a heart before the Lord where you walk with God you'll find you'll find sin fall off you left and right addictions and habits and things that that in your secret heart that maybe you know that are there that are displeased to the Lord you'll find that you just find it falling 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 off of you praise God but you have to know who you are in Christ and you have to know also that you are king now over sin and sin is not king over you praise the Lord mm mm, mm. Verse 22 of Romans 6, but now having been set free from sin, you're, you're free. Pastor Steve, I, I, I got to give in to it. I got, no, no you don't. It, you're not a slave to sin anymore. Praise God. And when I'm talking about sin, I'm talking about temptations. Oh, I'm not saying your flesh would not like to participate in the dainties and the delicacies of the sinful world. As in the Chronicles of Nardia, when the young man ate the Turkish delight and he ate it and he died spiritually in the story. It was a, a symbolic of Adam. But my friends, y- you don't have to give into the Turkish delight. You don't have to give into the sin. I mean, you can, you can you can, you can judge that and say that would be pleasurable to the flesh, but it's wrong. And I'm not going to engage in it. And you will find as you stand on the word, and exercise your kingly authority that sin can't dominate you. Praise God. Doesn't mean you're not gonna make a mistake, doesn't mean that you're not going to sin, but you will find out that instead of losing, you'll start winning in this area of temptation and sin. Praise God. Can you say amen? Whoo! Whoo! Glory to God. Mm-mm. Think about that just for a moment. That's very, very important for your interior well being. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. You will rule and reign as a king in life. Where? In life. On this planet while you're here now. hmm. Praise the Lord. You'll rule over sickness and disease. See, your body is your realm. You're the king over your body. You have authority over your body. What goes into it and so forth and what you speak and so forth. you're the king this is your realm your dominion you take dominion over it hallelujah and a sickness and disease tries to invade like a conquering army trying to invade a foreign land you say hold hold on I'm the king here and you're not coming in here and the first thing you'll find out if you try to invade my body which belongs to me and I'm Lord over you're going to have a fight. See, the Bible says, resist the devil, and he'll do what? He will flee from you. Well, resist the devil's jock, sickness, disease, pain, all of the misery within the realm of sickness that he would try to put on you, whether it's a flu, sore throat, resist all of it. Resist it. And so many Christians, they not only will not resist it, they not only will not exercise their kingly authority, but they'll actually say that it's of God. They'll actually say sickness is of God. Let's try and teach me a lesson. Pastor Stephen, God put lupus on me to teach me a lesson. Well, what great lesson did you learn? Oh, I, I, I don't know, Pastor Stephen, I, but I guess I'm going to figure something out of this experience. It's, it's, look, Look, Jesus bore at Calvary all of your sicknesses and diseases up on him. If he bore it for you, why are you trying to carry it? Are you saying that what Jesus did at Calvary was incomplete is sufficient? I thought Jesus said it is, a f- it is finished. It is accomplished. Matthew eight seventeen. He bore all of your sicknesses and all of your diseases for you. He's already done it. He's already done it. So sickness and diseases from the devil praise God don't receive it resist that is your responsibility as king in life to rule and govern over your life over your body well pastor Stephen it's it's uh it's a little late I I, ha- I didn't know this and so I've, I've been invaded by a foreign invader I've got a I've got a disease I've got a sickness I have a problem we'll drive it out in the name of Jesus with your kingly authority say get out get out get out you cannot stay drive it out expel it from your kingdom praise God hallelujah glory to God exercise your authority you will reign as a king in life yes pastor Stephen when I when I die and go to heaven all those sicknesses and diseases they'll leave me well sure it can't it can't be in heaven well, Pastor Stephen, if we don't have no sickness and disease, how, how are we even going to die? Well, how, how are the Israelites supposed to die? When God told them, I'll take sickness and disease away from your midst. I mean, God, God told them, I'll take it out of your midst. Woo! Well, how are they supposed to die if they're not sick or diseased? You just live your life out, old age. And when your life is lived out and your time is up, you just die you don't have to die sick i think that just hit somebody like a revelation like a hammer over the head you don't have to die sick you don't have to die curled up in pain ah! no you could just live your life out when your time comes you've lived a good long life at a good old age and you see your angel you say it's time to go hallelujah you tell your family goodbye I love you. See you on the other side. And you go to be with the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Reigning as a king in life. Reigning in your your domain. Governing over your domain. Praise the Lord. Reigning as a king in life. As a king in your financial area. Your finances in order. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, I've I've got a mess. Begin as a king to put it in order. Begin to put it in order. Look, if you will yield to the Holy Spirit, and you will follow the principles of God's word concerning finances, things will begin to get fixed. The right government will come in into your finances. Glory to God. Do you know what really the difference is between good government and reckless government, unstable government. You know what the difference is? It's just the leadership who's leading. If you have good leadership, preferably following biblical methods of operating, there will be stability. Praise God. But if you have people that are corrupt, if you have people that are in leadership that are willing to accept bribes, that are willing to lie that are willing to do things that are unethical then that will filter down and that will affect even the pillars of the stability of the nation praise God you, look look you have to have some type of of law format you can't be lawless it's impossible if there's no law there's no order if there's no order you can't even go out go out in the street you have the wild wild west like going back to the 1880s everybody just shooting killing each other and why there's no law you you have to have law if you're going to have law what law what's going to make right right what makes wrong wrong you have to bring it down to some code we call it the bible praise god the bible says lying's wrong the bible says stealing's wrong you have to have some type of moral code praise god some people want nothing you have to have something Eventually, no no matter what society or what culture you are, there is eventually a moral code of law. What do you base that code upon? Praise God. We as believers base it upon God's word. Hallelujah. And it's eternal glory to God. My friends, if you will yield to the leading of the Holy Spirit and yield to the humble teachings of Christ, You will find that the Lord will help you get your finances in order. You could be a king in that area, not a pauper, not a beggar. That's, that's something really as a revelation, as a king, it drives out that begging thing. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Glory to God drives out that begging. Uh, God never intended for any of his people to beg Actually, not even for humanity. He, uh, begging is degrading. And if some, somebody wants you to beg for something, you're looking at somebody who's very twisted on the inside. You shouldn't have to beg for anything. Praise God. Glory to God. Maybe, maybe a dog will beg for a bone, but a human is never designed to beg. Praise the Lord. Praise be unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus living on the inside of you. Helping you, helping King Jesus. resurrected from the dead on Resurrection Sunday. King Jesus now living on the inside of you. Empowering you as a king to rule and reign in life. Pastor Stephen, how would you summarize this? I'd summarize it by calling it union with God. Union with God. Praise God. Where the Lord Jesus is helping you, where the King Jesus is helping you to be the king that you are now anointed to be. Praise God. You know, a couple of years back, I had a problem with my, my PC computer and you know, the software was goofing, uh, was goofing up. Uh, actually it was the hardware. I mean, I just had all kinds of problems with it. So I called the manufacturer. They put me on the, on the line with the tech person. And they said, um, if you give us permission, we can come into your computer and we can fix your computer from remote location. I said, you could do that? Now, this was years back. Now, now this is common knowledge. But I said, you could do that? They said, yes. And I said, well, I, I give you permission. And so the person said, well, just take your hand off the mouse. Don't touch the keyboard. Don't do anything, but you'll be able to watch everything on your monitor because I'm going to go into your computer and I'm going to fix it for you. So this person began to go into my computer, going into the, uh, you know, all the files, doing all kinds of stuff, fixing all kinds of things. And after about an hour, he fixed it. He really did fix everything. I said, where are you located at? He said, I'm in India. So I'm in America. He's in India. He's on the other side of the planet, but he came into my computer and fixed all of my problems. Jesus, King Jesus, you, I see you with the crown, anointed with kingly anointing. You coming in now to union with God. Why? He lives in you. This is something the Israelites under the old covenant never had. They had God with them and they had great miracles and they had great victories. But this this is beyond God with you. This is God in you. This is union with God, King Jesus, living on the inside of you, and now coming into you to help you fix your problems in life, just like that guy could come into my computer for one hour, and he fixed it, Jesus now coming on the inside, If he's, he's there now by the Holy Spirit, if you will yield to him, and if you will follow his principles, and if you will humble yourself, he'll help you fix all of your problems, and you'll reign with such beauty as a king in life, that others, oh no, they can't see you wearing a crown. I'm not saying that you know you're going around with a crown on your head. But the the results are nevertheless the same. You are ruling and reigning, and the results are evident. Your life is in order, your life is beautiful, your life is not perfect. But King Jesus is in your life and this evident. And because of that union with God that kingly anointings all over you praise God. And you come in the situations and you begin to govern. You begin to bring order. You begin to bring wisdom and you release the kingly anointing of Christ. Wherever you go. Aren't you happy today? This is resurrection Sunday that if Jesus had not come out of that tomb, verse 17 would not be a reality, but he did. I've been to the tomb. Maybe not the exact tomb. They're not really sure. But nevertheless, it's a great uh, example. And then again, maybe it is the real tomb there in um, Jerusalem. But my friends, nevertheless, he he left the tomb empty. He was raised up, resurrected from the dead, and then the ascension. See, it's very important that he ascended. Ah, oh, wow. You, you have to understand before Jesus came to the earth, God incarnate, a man, uh in God in a man. Wow. I mean, it's, it's a mystery, but you have to understand that before Jesus left glory, left the realm of eternity and was born as a, as a, as a baby. Wow. Before he ever left, he was with God forever. Well, Pastor Stephen, when was God created? God was never created. God has always been. Now, the earth has been created. Time has been created. But even before time, God was outside of time when there was no time. He's always been Father, Son, Holy Spirit. So, you have to understand that when Jesus left heaven and came to the earth, He left the Father from being there all the time. That's why He was praying all the time, to maintain that relationship. But He had left And so when he went back, when he was resurrected and ascended, he went back to that position of being seated there at the right hand of God, because he had, he had vacated that position for 33 and a half years. So he went back to that. That must have been a very, very special day. Oh, praise the Lord. But my friends, you have to understand that the King Jesus is now living on the inside of you and his lordship his dominion over all he wants he wants to express it through your cooperation with you in the earth praise God glory to God what a day what a resurrection day hallelujah I see a crown a regal crown on your head see I know who you are in Christ hallelujah you might make seven dollars an hour but I know who you are in Christ you may make $700 an hour. It doesn't matter. I know who you are in Jesus, your king. Glory to God. You may be watching me from the other side of the world, and you may not even know where your next meal is going to come from, but I know who you are in Christ. And God will provide for you because King Jesus, he's not poor. Hallelujah. He will make provision for you. Union with God, his empowerment, all he has John John 10, 10, his life flowing into you, that kingly anointing flowing into you, praise God. In the year of 1865, Hudson Taylor had returned to England. He had already been in China for six years and saw some results, but he came back for a furlough to rest. He, he pushed himself so hard. The year uh, uh, was 1865. He'd been in London, resting a little while. And he was planning on going back and making even a bigger thrust. And he was really, really praying, just crying out to God for China, crying out to God. And the Lord spoke to him while he was walking one day. And this is what the Lord Jesus spoke to Hudson Taylor. He said to him, I am going to evangelize inland China. And if you will walk with me, I will work through you to do it. Woo! Wow! See, if you will allow the king to work through you and that kingly anointing manifests through you, God will do all kinds of amazing things in you and through you. We're talking about union with God, the the co-reigning with Christ, the kingly anointing, praise God. Over the next 30 years, God worked through Hudson Taylor with the Inland Mission Ministry to raise up over 700 missionaries. You have to understand, at this time, uh, China was... Unevangelized, just except for coastal areas. But the gospel now was penetrating into all of China and it covered every precinct. By the time Hudson Taylor was ready to go home to be with the Lord, it covered every precinct in China except for two. But I, I tell you, there were missionaries all over the place. Why? Because he walked with God. The kingly anointing of Jesus touched that man. God worked through that man. Praise God. And the results were miraculous. Hallelujah. Glory to God, the kingly anointing, Jesus, because he's resurrected and ascended. He's living on the inside of you as king by the power of the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Glory to God. The famed British evangelist, Apostle of Faith Smith Wigglesworth, received a letter in the mail one day, the mother and the father pleading with him to come to their home and pray for their daughter who was severely demonized, fully demon-possessed. Brother Wigglesworth wrote back and said, I will be at your house on this day at 10 o'clock in the morning. The day came, he arrives, stands on the door, uh, on the doorsteps at 10 o'clock exactly in the morning, he rings the doorbell. The father opens the door. The mother's standing there also. They don't say a word. This is a very severe situation. They take his hand and they lead him upstairs to an upper room. They open the door to the upper room and there, Brother Wigglesworth sees the young teenage daughter as she is being held down by five full-grown adult men. The, the mother and father push Brother Wigglesworth into the room. The demons in the girl rise up, throwing off the five men. And the demon screams through the young girl and says, you can't cast me out. And Wigglesworth says, I can't, but Jesus Christ can. And he lives in me. Within a few hours, she was down fully delivered in the kitchen, having a meal with her mind fully restored, having a meal with her parents and brother's brother Wigglesworth praise God he cast a demon out I think it was 43 demons came out of her praise God praise God I believe if you'll connect with Jesus as king today raised from the dead living in you by his spirit knowing that he has authorized you to rule and reign as a king in life in the life that he has for you, you yielding your life to the plan that he has for you, and you tapping into this union with God, I believe as you yield and surrender your life, you'll be the happiest person on the planet, that God will flow through you with great power. You will live such a satisfied life. Praise God. And this, this is the potential that lays before you today. Glory to God. So you need to begin to govern and rule. You need to make kingly decisions. You need to choose to serve the Lord with all of your your heart without any reservation. Fully abandoned unto Him. Ready to respond to the Master's call. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I see God raising many of you up to work the works of of Christ I see callings being released I'm not saying I'm, don't, I'm, I'm not saying go quit your job but I'm saying be prepared for the assignments of God to be released into your life be prepared be prepared to receive marching orders from heaven glory to God hallelujah there's a lot of work to do and a big planet hallelujah now there's many of you that you're called into the financial arena because you're going to be end-time financiers. But you, you're going to have to work with the king. You're never going to get there on your own. I, I, I don't want to be the one to break this to you, but I probably should. You're not smart enough. You're not witty enough. You're not brilliant enough. You need his help. You need his help. And without his help, you're never going to get there. Praise God. But if you'll yield to him and say, King Jesus take me into the kingly financial anointing he'll come with you and he'll work with you and he'll walk he'll walk with you but you have to be willing to walk with him and do it his way praise God full surrender today are you ready on Resurrection Sunday, that the power of the resurrected Christ might flow through you and the kingly anointing be manifested in your life. Lift up your hands. Father, I pray for your people that as they yield their hearts to you, they cry out from their hearts and say, oh God, fill me with your spirit and your power. Hallelujah. Lord God, I choose to walk in unity, in unison, in communion with you now oh god empower me and let your kingly life touch me that your kingship anointing flourish in my life and i begin to govern and reign with your power as a king in life i receive it now lift your hands i receive it now in jesus name take it take it by faith take it take it by faith glory to god i see you as a king Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's take communion together. That's a weighty scripture. Romans five seventeen. That's a weighty scripture. You will reign as a king in life. Start doing it now. In Christ Jesus. Start doing it now. Ruling and reigning in Christ. Glory. Glory. Doing it his way. Glory. Humble yourself under the hand of the mighty God And he will lift it up. He will lift you up. Glory to God. Give God your all. Give God your best. Hallelujah. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you for this bread and this juice. We consecrate it. This is now the holy flesh and the blood of Jesus. Father, we know that when we look at it, it still looks like bread. It still looks like juice. But in a divine mystery... It is now the flesh and the blood of our Savior, and we receive it. So, Father, we thank you for the body of Jesus, that his kingship anointing touches us, and we are kings. We are kings. Now, O God, we thank you for your empowerment and for your wisdom to rule over all the areas of our life. We receive now the body of Jesus. Amen. Let's partake. Glory to God. Glory to God. Get ready, get prepared for the glory rushing into your life, the kingly anointing. Hallelujah. Woo. Mm, 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 mm. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We thank you for its mighty cleansing power. If you have any sins un- unconfessed, unrepented of, just confess your sins before the Lord hallelujah I I I, look I know there's an area where the blood of Jesus is cleansing all the time it's not like you have to go around every five minutes Jesus forgive me Jesus forgive me but there is a place though of repentance over things where you know okay Lord uh hey I I I just want my heart my soul to be right with you so there's confession because remember in the book of Revelation Jesus told a church you repent or I'm going to come and I'm going to take your lampstand away he didn't say the blood's cleansing all the time. Just go forth. and be fine. He said, no, you repent. And if you don't repent, I'm taking, I'm taking your lampstand. Do the candlestick away. Okay. So if you're, if you're doing things that aren't right, you need to repent and you stop it. Praise God. And let the blood be applied. We'll cleanse all sin. And will establish you in that place of righteousness, clean conscience with, with God. Hallelujah. Father, we Thank you that as we drink the cup, the blood of Jesus, we thank you that we have confessed our sins and we thank you for right relationship with you and a breastplate of righteousness. We give you praise. We thank you father that the blood works. Thank you in Jesus name. Amen. And amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. You look really nice today on Resurrection Sunday with your crown on. I, like, I look forward to seeing you back next time. Keep your crown on, by the way. It looks really good on you. God bless you. Have a great day and a great week. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.